Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of the My Pursuit podcast. My name is Mike, and I get to be your host for the podcast, and I'm excited to do that. And, you know, I'm always stunned that we've been doing this for a certain amount of time, but the fact that we're, you know, this far into it, um, I'm so excited about how my faith has been growing during this process of recording the podcast, and um, I'm always excited to hear the stories that you guys submit of what's going on in your lives and how you're putting some of this to work in in your own walk as well. Um, Again, if this is the first one of these that you're listening to, you may want to check out the introductory episode, which yes, does need to be updated because we have changed some of the format just a little bit. Um, Because what I do is at the beginning of the week at on my first at, at on my way to work the first day of the week, I record the first half of this podcast. And, um, the reason why I do that is I'm a bivocational pastor. I, um, I, I pastor a church, but I also work full time outside of the church. And one of the things that I've always strived to do is practice what I preach. You know, um, I try to do what I get up in front of people and and ask them to do. And I haven't been bivocational my whole life. In fact, one of the things that I really kind of found a few years ago is that as I stepped um, into bivocational ministry from working full-time ministry before that, as I stepped that direction, I realized, you know what, I've been calling people to live a certain way, to act a certain way, to treat people a certain way, and I've been a person who's strictly around Christians all the time. You know, I'm, I'm in the church all the time. And when I started to work, you know, in the quote-unquote real world and started to um, live out my faith out there, I realized that, you know, I I had trouble practicing what I preached. And so um, doing this podcast is me saying, you know what, here's, here's me going through my devotional life. Here's me looking into scripture on a weekly basis. Um, and putting scripture to work saying, this is what's going to change me from scripture this week. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm excited to do that. I'm happy to do that. And, um, and so then on my way home at the end of the week is when I record the second half of the podcast where I let you know, this is how it worked. This is where I failed. This is where I succeeded. I've had many times where I've told you guys, you know, what I had a you know rough week or didn't do well at it. Um, that there was some kind of roadblock that popped up that I, um, you know, struggled with and, um, or there was some kind of lack of will or lack of ability on my own, um, that helped me to not do what I said I was going to do. Um, but the, the devotional journey, and I'm going to be advocating this more and more on Sunday mornings when I, when I teach at church, I'm going to be teaching, you know, trying to have a, a daily devotional is great and being in God's word daily is awesome. But if each day you're trying to take life application and apply it, you don't have enough space in order to practice it, put it to work, make it a habit, and and then start living it out. And what I've been doing is focusing on the same bit of scripture throughout the entire week and working on that one thought. And I found that that's really helped me 
um, actually live it out a lot more than having a, a daily devotion where I bounce from thought to thought, you know, from day to day. Um, hanging on to a thought for a week has really helped. So anyway, that's been a big deal to me. And uh, I'm excited to continue to do this. I've let you guys know recently that, um, you know, there's been some kind of craziness in our lives as far as, you know, knowing that right after now that we've relocated the church into a new building, um, now we found out that we have to move uh, homes. And so we're going through that process, really hoping to um, buy a house if we can. And so kind of going through that process. And um, of course, my my grand hope along with that is to um, buy a house and I don't even care like I'm just telling Kim whatever kind of house you're happy with I'll I'll be happy with but I really want to put like an artificial putting green in the backyard and I know that that sounds like greedy and selfish and whatever but man I I would use it and love it so much so I'm going to make that happen one way or another one of these days but um, uh, anyway this, this last couple weeks has been crazy and busy. Um, it's, it's been a couple weeks where not only am I working a full-time job outside of church, but I also work another part-time job where I coach the high school golf team. And uh, I've got a really good golf team that I'm very proud of, very excited about. Um, but, you know, that obviously takes a few hours a day every day as well. So um, this has been kind of a busy day. And I'm looking forward to this particular week because during this week, while, you know, the last couple weeks have just been filled with stuff, this week I get to see a concert with one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite singers right now, a lady named Caitlin Canty. Um, So I get to see her in concert. And then at the end of the week, Star Wars Rogue One comes out on um, digital download. And I've already pre-ordered it, pre-bought it. It'll be waiting for me on Friday. So me and the kids on Friday, just going to be me and the kids. We're ordering pizza, chicken wings popcorn and, uh, and, and, and Rogue One. And I'm pretty excited about that. So, um, I'm looking forward to some things this week. That's for sure. But anyway, let me tell you where, um, scripture's at for me this week. We're again in the book of Luke, which is what we've been going through, uh, on a consistent basis. And we bump up to a verse, a verse that's covered pretty quickly in Luke Um, One that we see kind of a little bit more of um, in other Gospels. But Jesus talks about having a childlike faith and um, uh, accepting accepting others like like he accepts children, you know, that that sort of thing. Um, There's that thought that revolves around kids and this childlike faith. And so I thought this would be a cool kind of place to, to kind of go this week, especially after last week. We talked about that um, the mustard seed faith, um, which to me has always been a, a really interesting concept. Um, the thought of you know you could move mountains or you could tell this tree to get up and move from here to there or or whatever. Um, childlike faith has been a similar, a similarly curious statement from Jesus, because what is a childlike faith? And I guess what I assumed when I was young and I read that verse was that childlike faith meant going through life without questioning it. You know, like going through it and just being able to accept it, believe it, and go with it. And the more I think about it, the more I believe that that can't be what Jesus meant by childlike faith. And um, it's only because I believe that Jesus knew children. And if if I was going to say, you know, I want you to do something like a child... My first thought wouldn't be do things without questioning or without examining and exploring. 
In fact, that would be quite the opposite. Um, if I told you that I want you to do something like a child would do it, um, the, the main adjectives that would be in my mind would be um, playfulness is what I would expect out of a child. I would expect out of a child um, a lot of questions. Um, if, if you ask a kid to do something, their first thing is curiosity, is, is saying, why? You know, why, why do you want me to do that? Why, why is the sky blue? You know, I, I wonder, you know, if we took that into many of Jesus' statements from the Sermon on the Mount and started talking about those and imagine a kid hearing that. And, and when, you know, Jesus talks about blessed are, are these people, I, I imagine the kid going, Why? Why are peacemakers blessed? Right? Why, why are you saying that the meek are blessed? Why are those who are poor in spirit blessed? Right? I, I imagine a kid saying that. And, and I imagine Jesus looking at a kid and loving to answer those questions. Um, but instead he's got a, a group of, of grown-ups following him. A group of grown-ups who hear things with their own prejudices and go around the corner and go, can you believe he said that? What does that mean? That, I, I, I can't believe that he meant that. And, and you know, go in a whole other direction with it. Where I think kids w- would go, okay, Jesus, um, maybe I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but you've got to answer me some why questions. You know, why turn the other cheek, right? Why, why forgive those who have, who have harmed us, who have sinned against us, right? Why, why is that a thing, Jesus? And, and have kids who go through things with playfulness, um, with curiosity, and I also hope with, with big dreams. And I think, you know, when we talk about the prejudices that come into our faith, that when we read what Jesus says or read what Paul says about how to live and what we could do, we bring in these prejudices and this, I, I guess, realism that we bring into it where we go, well... Yeah, I know that the Bible's talking about big things here. I know it says move mountains, right? I know it says have this amazing faith, but, you know, seriously, that, that's not what he's talking I've never seen anybody move a mountain. You know, why me? Why, why would somebody believe I could do that? You know, and we're reading this language where Paul's talking about, I mean, literally changing the world. Yeah, okay, Paul, I get it. Like, maybe your household, you can change, like, the world of like one person or something like that. That's cool, Paul. But like changing things for lots of people, eh, come on, right? We bring those prejudices in with us and those come from our own experience, right? They come from the times where our own dreams have been shut down. And then we hear Paul with these big dreams and we go, yeah, I've had big dreams before. I dreamed of being, you know, an astronaut or I dreamed of, of, you know, doing amazing things or I dreamed of fame and I never got there. And, of course, those big dreams that, that I have when I, when I hear Paul talk about it or hear Jesus talk about it, of course, all those are going to be dashed. You know, they're just going to be hopes that don't really come to any kind of fruition. And, and I think that's what Jesus is kind of battling against with talking about this childlike faith, where, where Jesus is saying, okay, um, take me up on it. Dream big dreams, and let's see where it goes. And the interesting thing is, you know, we look at the disciples of Jesus. I mean, one of the things I said at church last um, last Sunday, which, I mean, it, it would be a week and a day ago as you're hearing this, if you hear this on the day it comes out. One, one of the things that I said um, 
was that Jesus, you know, he could have done things like through the, you know, the big crowd model where he gathers 5,000 people and feeds them and gets them all energized and then they go off to change the world and he does these, you know, big massive events full of people, which we do see him do that a couple of times. But those people, I mean, scripture makes it clear, those people left him, right? John makes it clear, those people went away and by the end of Jesus' life, there were 12 people left, right? 12 people who Jesus had been telling, you're going to change the world. And then what did they do? They went and changed the world. I mean, whether they believed that they could or not, they did. And they, they went and, and changed the world, not in a way that at the time all of them could see, right? They, they didn't witness all of their own change in the world. But now from our perspective now, we look back and go, those 12 people... Um, you know, minus Judas, right? Like those people went and impacted other people who impacted other people. And within the first few centuries after the time of Jesus, more than half of the Roman Empire called themselves followers of Jesus. I mean, it, it, it's, it's amazing what happened and how the world changed. And, and it was because of people who really took Jesus at his word and really believed big dreams and did big things, even without seeing all the results immediately. And so that's what I'm kind of getting into as I talk about childlike faith and as I think about it for myself. Far too often, I'm a big realist, where I look at people and I go, I really wish that this person's life would change. You know, I could maybe play a role in that, but I shouldn't expect anything massive and big. You know, and I I talked last week about, was it last week? Uh, About... um, yeah, it was last week, about uh, a friend uh, that I prayed for that, um, you know, I, I prayed with in the hospital and we saw big things happen in his life. Like, I mean, healing happened in his life. And, I mean, those kind of things are not limited by, you know, this faith that we have that's, that's so, I don't know, realistic and, and pragmatic you know, rather, you know, we, we should be praying for things that are big and we should be working for changes that are huge. And when we talk about changing our, our schools and our workplaces and our cities, I, I think we should really do that and really be praying for it. So, so anyway, that's kind of where I am this week. I, I want to um, dream, dream big dreams for the people that I'm working with and spend time with. Um, the people that are in my reach, the people that are, you know, outside of my reach that I have to cross borders to get to. Um, I want to dream those big dreams. I want to dream those big dreams as I pastor a church. And I wonder what it would be like for you to dream those big dreams for your family and for the places that you work as well. So that's where things are going to go this week. I know that one's a little bit less specific and more abstract, but I still don't know what, what big dreams God is bringing my way this week. So I'm going to be open to that, and um, I'll let you know how that goes at, at the end of the week. Um, so the last segment of our driving to work part of the podcast is me answering a question. And only got one question this week, you guys. And, um, you know, when I only got one question, I kind of feel somewhat responsible to answer it, but I've got to be careful of my answer here because the question is, and okay, I don't have it right in front of me, but basically the question was, Hey Mike, what do you really think about president Donald Trump? (laughs) And as much as I want to just be sure not to be political on this, and I, I really do. Um, I listened to something before 
before the election that that talked about it was just a cool podcast that talked about how politics are things that we do for the common good i mean that was like the reason for politics that's even where the word comes from was was the common well-being and and that's why we should be in this you know and and i really have high hopes for our you know common well-being i also have uh unfortunately some some very realistic um views of things right now and unfortunately even though i know a lot of people uh voted for donald trump because of their christian beliefs um i i think um i i struggle to see how how that's going to impact things for jesus and uh talked about it at church i've talked about the the abortion issue that you know even if that's like the one reason why um why you voted that direction and it's not for a lot of people i know a lot of people looked at the other direction and said you know i can't vote for for hillary and i totally get that i couldn't vote for either one of them um to be honest and and still have a conscience and still um be able to have integrity with my kids as i talked about you know who i was voting for and um i you know i struggled with with that election and with those decisions and um you know i i've got to say what we see recently um um, just alarms me, you know. I, I do think that if a conservative justices in the Supreme Court overrule Roe v. Wade, I don't think that that's going to stop abortion. In fact, I, I don't even think it's going to slow it down. I, I think that people are going to do what people are going to do, regardless of what that particular law tells them to do. And I, I think that that's you know I'm I'm a pro-life person to be honest with you, and I I don't put down people who are pro-choice because I do think that women should have choices of what they could do with their own body, but. But, um, you know, I, I, I really believe that this is something that, that we really need to think about. But, you know, I, I really struggle with the fact that, that anything good is going to happen for the sake of, of the kingdom of God um, with this president at, at the helm, especially with what's going on with truth and just the lies that are being shared. And, you know, the, the reason why those lies are being shared is in order to kind of firm up his grasp on power and uh, and authority and i mean it's just kind of a scary thing in a scary time and seeing how christians respond to it online um scares me quite a bit that that christians are going out of their way to back up um you know a, a president who's really being loose with the truth who's saying some very very harsh and um hateful things about people on the other side who's saying some very harsh and hateful i mean this is a guy who advocated going after the families of terrorists you know and and that kind of stuff really concerns me and so i i really believe in the political climate today christians need to be willing to be christians and even when they see the guy that they voted for you know um and it may have been the lesser of two evils i i, I get it right and i'm not going to put anybody down who voted for trump for that reason um, I, I think that Christians need to be willing to, you know, call a, a, a lie a lie or a sin a sin and be able to say, you know what, this is wrong. This is not okay. Even if it's the guy I voted for, this is not okay. And things need to change there, you know. And, you know, looking at the whole health care debate right now that's happening, I, I just, I want, I want people to be able to have health insurance, you know. And, and looking at that and just kind of the rhetoric that's around it is just scary right now hearing the things I hear in the pro shop from some of the older guys going, you know what, if, if people don't have good enough jobs to have health care, they, they need to go back to school and get educated and get good enough jobs to get good health care. And it's like, man, 
you're just not seeing the reality of the situation for a lot of people and um, and we've got to be compassionate and, and loving people so anyway that's my answer to your question I know it doesn't like totally slam somebody if that's what you were looking me to do um, but it also doesn't uh, pander to it either I'm, I'm kind of worried about what's happening to um, Christian authority the way it's going right now so anyway I, I didn't like to end on that uh, negative note right there jeez um Try to think of happy things right now. Try to try to think. Of, I, I'm thinking of my week. I get to go see Caitlin Canty in concert. I'm pretty excited about that. Get to see Star Wars Rogue One. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. I, I think um, there's kind of some cool spiritual conversations that can happen um, with that movie as well. So anyway, um, you know, if, if I'm ending on a positive note, my positive note is you guys who listen to this, who ask me questions, who are trying to live this stuff out. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Shoot me an email at mypursuit at outlook.com. Let me know if there's a question I can respond to. Please don't let it be politics next time. Goodness. Um, we we got to find something better than that. Anyway, love you guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, can't wait to talk to you again at the end of this week. Well, hey, everybody. I'm back and on my way home uh, from work at the end of the week. Long day, long Saturday. Uh, pretty long week. A lot, of, a lot of things went on this week. A lot of good things. A lot of, um, I mean, a lot of good things and just a lot of busy things as well. Um, this was a long day. <laughs> um, I, I, I just left the course after being there for probably 14, probably a little bit more than 14 hours. And uh, I'm tired. I, I have fun there, and I'm glad. And like I say, I, I try to say this all the time. I feel blessed to be able to um, work at the golf course, um, being able to do a job outside of the church. If, if that job has to be anywhere, I'm so glad it's at a golf course. And uh, I'm very happy for the people I get to work with. I had some cool conversations with people today. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's been a long week and an interesting week as well. Okay, so my my life application for this week, and I almost I kind of forget how I stated it, um, but the the scripture was Luke chapter um, eighteen, and it's looking at, at Jesus saying, you know, that that you must receive the kingdom of God like a child receives it, right? And um, it's just this whole concept of faith like a child. And what I was trying to articulate on the way to work earlier in the week was that um, uh, this is one of the verses that's kind of captivated my mind um, since I was a child. Um, I I told you last week that the whole faith of a mustard seed thing, that's captivated me as well. And then this one has always kind of been in my mind wondering, what does it mean to have faith like a child? And... Um, I said on the way to work that, or um, earlier in the week, um, I was saying that I don't think that childlike faith is what everybody seems to make it out to be. I think a lot of people make it sound like it's this blind leap kind of faith, like this very trusting kind of faith. Not to say that kids um, don't trust and can't trust. I'm just saying that when Jesus talks about faith like a child, I, I think a lot of what Jesus is talking about is a faith where we're passionate and enthusiastic about it. A faith where we're not hung up on some of the stuff that gets adults hung up. Um, and, and I always, that's, that's what I really loved about being a youth pastor for so long, was that you get these kids 
at a time in their life where they haven't yet messed up their enthusiasm, right? They haven't lost that. They haven't made all these decisions that have like pushed them into some other corner of life that they have to recover from. Um, rather than that, you know, when when I was a youth pastor, the thought was always, how can I help this kid make their faith their own and not just the faith of my family or the faith of my parents or the faith of the church that I've had to go to since I was little. And I, I kind of, that's, that's the direction I've been thinking this week as I've gone through the week. I've been thinking about what is it that causes my faith to be mine, to be unique to me. And I, I guess the thought process that I've gone through a lot this week is to be thinking about if a child, if, if a childlike faith is an enthusiastic, passionate faith, um, a faith with playfulness and excitement, I've been asking the question of my own life. First of all, I, it kind of started with, what makes me playful and excited? What am I childlike about, you know, outside of faith? What am I just childlike about in my approach to life at all? And I've, I've got to tell you, there's some of the people that I deal with at the golf course, you know, they're at this advanced age, they're retired, you know, and I see some of them act like children in the negative sense of the word. Um, they fight and they bicker and, you know, all those sorts of things go on. But I also see some of them who still have a lot of enthusiasm about, about something. And they've kind of over the years narrowed it down to the things that they're passionate and enthusiastic about. Now, what I see them passionate and enthusiastic about isn't always the stuff that I hope to be enthusiastic about. Um, but I, I see them, you know, sometimes into politics, sometimes into, you know, golf, those sorts of things. So I started to really think about what are the things that I'm enthusiastic about? What, am, what are the things that I'm childlike about the way that I approach? And one of those things, I mean, if you followed this podcast at all, you know that one of the things I would say is golf. I mean, that's, that's one thing, you know, that's an area where I play and an area where um, I'd have to say I'm a golf nerd. I love to learn more about golf. I, I love to learn anything there is about the golf swing, about golf clubs, about the physics of it, about um, the romance of the game. I mean, it's such a romantic sport. Just the thought of, you know, being out in the middle of the fairway and just kind of that that quietness and, and the solitude when you're playing alone or the camaraderie when you're playing with others. I love that. And I am childlike about it. My golf team jokes quite a bit about how I'm a golf nerd and I'm completely fine to hear people say that about me. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm childlike about. And so I was trying to think about my enthusiasm level about it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where because I've loved little bits of it at a time, and, you know, I grew up learning how to play it just a little bit at a time, certain parts of the game, and then getting more into it and more into it and seeing the enthusiasm that my father had for it, right? Those were big things for me as far as growing into golf and my enthusiasm for that. Um, so that was one of the things I identified. Another thing that I, I identified outside of golf was, you know, when I was a kid, it was fishing. I really loved fishing. And I loved it in much the same way that I loved golf in that I was kind of, you know, I was a fishing nerd. I wanted to learn more about, you know, what makes, you know, what make bass bite, you know, on a certain lure. What kind of color lure could I have for a specific 
you know, kind of water and depth of water at a certain temperature. I wanted to learn that stuff, and I learned a lot about that when I was when I was a kid, because that's that's what I was into at the time. I I don't fish very much right now, but I imagine if I was closer to, you know, a place where I could bass fish, I, or you know, any kind of fishing, I suppose I would probably go that same direction. There would be that enthusiasm. You know, I was thinking about it this week as my kids and I, I think I told you at the beginning of the week that Rogue One was coming out on digital download this week. So we downloaded it um, this week and me and the kids watched it last night and we had a blast watching it. And that was another thing where I had to say, I love the whole Star Wars universe. I I love it. I, I love the creativity that went into it. And I love thinking about those things. And I know that that makes me sound like some kind of sci-fi geeky nerd and whatever. I I don't care if you think that about me because I kind of think that about me uh, myself. But all that goes back to the, the bigger question, which to me is what about faith am I enthusiastic about? You know, am I enthusiastic about faith? Do I have that childlike enthusiasm towards faith? And, and if I do, what is it in? If I don't, you know, where, where do you find that? Where does that come from? And so I've got to tell you, there are some parts of faith that I really do have a childlike enthusiasm for. Um, and I think it's developed a little bit over time. I used to be embarrassed to say or be much around the word Jesus. I, I used to think, you know, why do Christians have to say the word Jesus so much? It sounds so Sunday school to me. And, you know, and, and there was a cool factor that I, that I had to get around. Um, before I really started to understand more and more what Jesus does for people. And, and I got to tell you, when, especially over this last six months, seeing what Jesus does in people's lives. You know, last week telling you about the, the story of seeing God heal a friend. That was powerful to me. And, um, and, and I, I'm just, I've got to say I'm enthusiastic about it. I couldn't stop telling the story at the end of this week. I told it at church. I told it on the podcast. I told it to like 10 other people. I was so into what happened and and the fact that Jesus is real and that Jesus is alive and that he's exciting and moving and doing things now. I love that. I love when people get into that and want to talk about faith and not just talk about, you know, I, I, I don't just want to talk about, you know, heaven and hell and whatever. I mean, although if somebody's curious about it, that's when I get excited about it and that's when I get brought into it. And I've got to tell you, that's one of the, my favorite things about faith is just having those conversations, being able to, to discuss the nerdy things about faith and, and the, the passion that we could have for Jesus. And so my thought from there was, okay, if that's kind of where my enthusiasm is, you know, if I'm enthusiastic about what Jesus really does for people, and I'm convinced that very, very few people know what Jesus wants to do for them, what Jesus could do for them, or how to be a part of what Jesus is doing in the world today. I, I'm convinced that because people don't know the gospel very well, they don't know those things as well. And so I, I have to tell you, I'm enthusiastic about people knowing that and hearing that too. And that's why, you know, when I, when I get up and speak on Sunday mornings, that's why I get so passionate is because I'm desperate for people to know and hear more about the gospel, 
to know and hear more about why Jesus does something. So, anyway, the, the direction that this kind of went this week was not only to think about what am I enthusiastic about, about faith, about Jesus, um, how can I bring that more into conversations with others, relationships where, you know, Jesus currently isn't at, you know, the center of that relationship where that's not something that we talk about. And so I was just trying to find ways to bring Jesus into conversations in a place where we could have interesting and exciting conversations that are interesting and exciting at the same level that I'm interested and excited about golf or, you know, some of those things. And, and so I tried that a few times this week. And I got to tell you, I wasn't, I don't know that I was 100% successful. I definitely wasn't 100% successful. Um, because it, sometimes it feels like that whole fishing thing. You're throwing a lure out there and you're hoping that somebody will bite. You're hoping that somebody will ask a question. Um, and, and you're hoping that somebody will engage in the conversation. Here's what I did find. The couple times this week, and there were a couple times this week where people who um, are in my life and not necessarily church people ask me faith-type questions. The first place I generally go to is into my, and I don't want to say this in, in an awful way, but into my, you know, biblical, almost like a Mr. Know-it-all kind of thing. Well, like, let, let me tell you about that. Let me tell you what I think about that. Rather than... What I found this week was that if you want to get somebody talking more about faith, if they bring faith up, they've brought it up because they do want to share what they're thinking and they do want to ask their questions. So my first reaction to that needs to be to start asking the question of them. Like, hey, what, why are you bringing that up? Why, why is that something that's on your mind right now? Um, what do you think about that? Where are you going with that? You know, th- those sorts of digging questions open up the conversation rather than saying, you know, here's what I believe to be true. Here's the biblical evidence for that. Here's where I've seen it before and proof positive. You've got it. Question answered. Um, I, I don't think that when people are asking the questions, they're necessarily looking just for the answer. I think that they're looking to engage. And I guess that that's something that more people have a need and a thought to do is to weigh out those those big conversations, those thoughts about who God is and what he wants with me. So anyway, I, I early in the week I had a conversation with a, a kid on the golf team who asked me a spiritual question. And because, you know, when they ask me a golf question, the direction I usually go is I, I answer it. You know, I say, hey, your grip should be more in this place or whatever. I kind of did that same thing with the Jesus question, and it it went. You know, it it didn't go any further than that. I answered the question, and I kind of got a "Oh, okay, thanks" kind of response to it, rather than a conversation. And I, I just had to decide that this week, the thing that gets me enthusiastic are those conversations, like those those thoughtful conversations about who God is and what he's doing in our lives and what he wants to do and what's going on in the world today. Um, those are the exciting conversations and those are the ones I want to get into. But in order to get into those, I've got to ask the questions back. I've got to say, why do you ask? Why is that? You know, it, it was interesting last Sunday, and this was actually before I recorded, you know, the beginning of the week. Last Sunday, I was driving back uh, with my youngest son from the golf course 
where he asked me uh, a spiritual question. And his question was, has God ever given you, or can you think of a time where God's ever given you more than you asked for? And it was so surprising of a question for him to ask. I mean, this is my littlest one. He's asking me that question. And so I, I kind of started to answer it. And I said, well, what about you, buddy? Like, what? why are you asking me that question? Where did that come from? And, uh, you know, he said it was a question that they were kind of kicking around in... Uh, on, on Sunday morning in the in the kids program and I was like man first of all I'm so excited that he's getting something at the kids program and that he's kicking around those questions but I was even more excited that he was enthusiastic about asking me the question so anyway um, I don't know how to go much further with this other than to say I, I think that we need to figure out what we're enthusiastic about with faith um, and figure out, am I enthusiastic about the things that really make a difference in, in people's lives? You know, there, there was a point where the only thing I was enthusiastic about with church, um, you know, was the music on Sunday mornings. You know, I, I was at a church at the time where, you know, we were kind of like one of the only um, contemporary churches that I knew of. And this is when I was a kid. And I was so excited about the music at church that that's that's the reason why I went that's what I was into that's you know it wasn't much deeper than that and and I wonder if sometimes we need to think through like hey what am I enthusiastic about and and how can I dig deeper and learn more about what I could be excited about and how could I bring that into my conversation so I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense but that's where I am this week that's what's been going on um hope you've had a great week and would love for you to send me a question. As always, send me a question at uh, mypursuitoutlook.com. I would love to answer, not answer, respond to any questions that you have. Um, I'm going into right this week of a very busy um, and exciting week. Um, you know, get, getting into a week where I'm coaching the golf team, doing my job, and you know, all sorts of stuff is going on this week. So I know it's going to be a busy week. I'm really excited for what God has in store for me. So I'm excited um, to get to the beginning of the week and share with you next week what I'm going through. But I, I do want to keep that thought of what are, what am I enthusiastic about and can I keep the enthusiasm about Jesus? Because i got to tell you, this whole series, this whole podcast and this experience has really caused me to be more enthusiastic about uh, about my own walk. And I love where my faith has gone over these last few um few months. So anyway, I am thankful for you for listening to this. Please send me questions that you would like me to respond to. And uh, I'm, I'm just thankful for you guys. Hope you have a great week. Um, hope you enjoyed listening to this one. Sorry I talked about uh, politics in the first one. Somebody asked me, so I responded. That's all that happened. But anyway, love you guys. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great week. Oh, yeah.